The following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Toonami Fable Podcast. I am your host today, CJ, and I am here with some lovely guests here today. Hi, it's Laser Kid. And Celia Rose, Toonami Faithful Social Media Manager. And we have a very special guest in today. What's up? It's your boy, Alien Renegade, former writer, but also the guy that still likes to make songs and Toonami videos. Yeah. And first of all, this is like the first time I've gotten to be on a podcast with Aliens since he uh, moved on to bigger and better things. So I'm super, super excited to be back. I always love his commentary, especially when it comes to shows like uh, Paranoia Agent. He did some some good stuff when it came along that. And we're bringing up another show of his that he really, really enjoys. And that's Gridman. Uh, it's pretty interesting considering how long it took for the show to make it on Toonami. Not that I'm complaining because I actually like the fact that Toonami might go back in case there was a show that someone might have missed. And it seems to be doing pretty well if evidenced by Assassination Classroom lately. But today we are going to be talking about the first seven episodes of Gridman. And I'm going to just at least start off, you know, kind of prefacing this. I rewatched the first seven episodes. I legit have no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I really, really don't understand. I just know Kaiju show up. Gridman then shows up. Then the, like, the the squad shows up, like, Caliber, you know, and all them. And they, like, all join together, like, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers together. They fight. Uh, there's a lot of uh, fan service with Akane and Rika. And... It ends where we see, I forget the kid's name, but the kid kaiju where he gets his eye cut Ante. off. Anti, yes, thank you. Where uh, he gets his eye cut off pretty much. And I'm just like, well, how did we get here? But thankfully, I have three of probably the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable people I know about this franchise. So basically, I kind of want you guys to, because I'm sure there are viewers who are like me who aren't as familiar with like the nuances, the backstory of this kind of uh, genre when it comes to anime and just, you know, content from Japan. And like I said, I can't think of three better people who can help kind of clear the pic or, you know, clear the air, get the picture a little more clear for me. And I want to start off with Alien since he isn't on here, obviously, as much as the other two. Alien, why is it that I'm just so dumb and I can't seem to get everything kind of like pictured or to give myself a coherent kind of story? Well, the only thing I can say without, you know, being a jerk and spoiling everything, <laughs> everything will kind of make sense by the end of it. That's all. That's all I'll tell you. Really? So. Yeah. So I guess then let me ask you this. Like, is it are are there are they doing this on purpose, I guess, in a sense? Like, is this deliberate? More or less. Everything slowly builds up like episode to episode. Mm-hmm. You get, you learn more about the world. You learn more about the kaiju. You learn more about Akane. You learn more about Gridman. And by the time the end, 
by the time the end of the series hits, then it all comes together, and you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, then I'll open this for pretty much everyone. Is this kind of something that this type of anime do typically and i only say this because i know it's not necessarily a pure mecha anime because i would kind of put that under more of like gundam and like outlaw star well that's more space opera i guess but this is more like a super sentai type of kind of thing because that's at least the vibes i get when i was watching it it definitely oh, feels absolutely. like okay yeah, it's 100 a toku anime right I mean, it's a sequel to an actual tokusatsu series uh, yes the original I... grand man so i do remember that from i forget who did a uh piece on that kind of thing it might have even been you laser but um so is that kind of like the standard when it comes to these types of shows where it's kind of ambiguous and it's like they're kind of you know they're kind of far reaching and then all of a sudden it all comes together as we head towards the end of the series not particularly for a lot sometimes, of things sometimes but it, it it's one approach of of many Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends on which which kind of series you're watching. Some of them are pretty straightforward, like these are the good guys, this is the bad guy, they fight the bad guy. But then sometimes they'll get creative with it and go a lot deeper with the lore and the plot. Mm. It definitely yeah, feels I like think... Gridman goes that way. Right. I think a good example to compare this to would be something like maybe like Steins Gate, where you have oh. that slow build up to it, and then by the end, pieces start clicking into place. And then once you once it's all together, then you'll get it. Oh man, that's gonna get my hopes up. Steingate's build up was so like you were so rewarded for that build up. But so I guess when I look at this series, like Gridman, how how sh- how do you how do you guys rate it? I guess in that type of Sentai genre kind of thing, because with it being as amb- uh, uh, ambiguous and as I, I guess want to say like really really like high ambitions to really kind of capture this genre to be more popular. I think it's actually, I think besides me not kind of getting the story, I think it does a really good job of introducing this type of thing to fans who might not be as familiar with it. At least, and that's just through, you know, my viewing of these first seven episodes and, and Celia, I'll start with you on that where it's, how do you feel it does to kind of portray this type of, uh, uh, I guess, genre? Mm, I think for me, cause I, I'm not, as big of a tokusatsu fan like most of what i know about tokusatsu is just stuff in passing just from being immersed in japanese pop culture and anime fandom mm-hmm. but because i have even just a little bit of fire knowledge i can definitely appreciate what this show is has to offer and what it's trying to go for i'm not so certain that could be the case if you don't have any exposure to it because otherwise it kind of feels like this is just a really weird show with a giant robot <laughs> So it's tough to say because I have that that pre-existing bias already. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do think it does the job nicely because, A, I know the Toonami fans love robots. I mean, look at Mega XLR, look at Gundam, all, all the different types of shows that involve giant robots. They've always seemed to resonate with the Toonami fans. And so I, I at least find it enjoyable, even though there's like, obviously certain instances where i'm like meh and then there's some where i'm like i have no idea what's going on but i'll keep watching uh what about what about yourself uh alien what what would you say uh this kind of that gridman does for the whole for the genre as a whole as 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 maybe like a a representative for it um as as a representative of just the toku genre i wouldn't i can't really say Mm -hmm. on that front 
because Great Man kind of takes like we like we you know just discussed. Great Man takes its own unique approach to it. Like I like I was already on board when the series was announced because I was like, hey, cool, a, a tokusatsu anime. It's cool. I get to see punching a giant kaiju and stuff. But then that like, Gridman did this thing where they took a lot of uh, standard tokusatsu tropes. They gave them actual lore, like lore reasons behind them. Like one of my favorite things about the show is the fact that they have an an explained lore reason why like a city gets destroyed and then rebuilt by mm-hmm. the next episode. Yeah, 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 like just those, just those little things like that just kind of help make it a little bit more special for me, mm-hmm. in a sense. And then on top of that, like I have to definitely applaud the use of um the use of CG in Gridman because um it recreates that same old weird clunky movement feeling of you know the people in big costumes yeah but in but in anime form and then because it's a studio trigger thing they know exactly when to turn the animation up at the right times and it's absolutely perfect and just those little nuances like that grid man not staring at the explosions or like kaiju or grid man doing like a pose before running in <laughs> just all those little things like just make the like the Power Rangers slash Toku fan in, in me just extremely happy and I'm glad they both this decided to do something new while also keeping true to the Toku spirit. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally that's the thing. That's why I would like when I was first watching it, I'm like, this doesn't feel like Mecha. This feels more like it when I was watching Power Rangers as a kid and, and Laser, uh, you seem to at least have a lot of background knowledge when it comes to this genre. How do you feel Gridman does to A either stand out compared to others or as a representative for the genre? Well, I mean, I'm I'm more of a Power Rangers nut than I'm a Toku nut. I like Toku, but I, I, if I was gonna, you know, put myself into one basket, it'd be Power Rangers. But what I like about its representative, like Alien said, they they animate it so that it looks like a Toku show. Like you could animate it to be quote unquote more realistic. I don't think it would be as much fun like that, to be honest with you. Um, but it very much replicates the monster of the week formula in a way it's almost like sailor moon more than it's like a gundam <laughs> wait a minute mm-hmm. are we gonna see some some robot transformations into frilly outfits because i'm so there i'm so there no not so much that like but but you have people transforming into into you know powered up forms you have the people turning into robots and shit and you have the, the monster of the week that gets involved in the story. And then there's an overarching story. And then there's a mystery to be solved. I would compare it more to that than to a typical toku, if I'm being really honest. Mm-hmm. I, I also like to think I just came up with the next big anime from Japan. Robots trans- transforming with frilly outfits. Like, come on now. I mean, that seems like something that should already exist. And, so. You know, that's what I'm saying. And so I, I guess we can kind of delve a little bit into the plot, at least as coherent as I can try to make it, where we start off with, um, oh, God, I just had his name, but it's, it's um, Yuta. 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 Yes, I had it on the tip of my tongue. I wanted to say Utsume, but I'm like, no, 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 that's his friend. No, that, uh, that is his friend. I've yeah, done, yeah. I would be the same if I hadn't took notes the other day. So basically, Yuta has memory loss and he's running around town. He sees all these, or not really running, but he's just walking around town with Rika. She's taking him to the hospital, a friend of his who apparently they haven't necessarily like had much communication till this moment when he kind of 
becomes, you know, realize what he's doing. And he notices kaiju around the area and no one else can see them. And then all of a sudden a kaiju starts, you know, attacking and a computer at Rika's uh, mother's shop is like, hey, I'm Gridman. We have to stop it. And uh, Yuta's just like, uh your computer's talking and no one else could know. I love, I'm sorry. I love that so much. Like, can't you see him? He's right there. And he actually is right there. And no one else could see it. I was like, oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, eventually, uh, Yuta gets pulled in by this computer, turns into Gridman and it's a giant robot. And he fights the kaijus and beats the kaiju. And we soon find out that these kaijus are being created by a young girl named Akane. Although who's the, the thing in the computer that's helping her is that have we established that Alexis yet? Carib? Uh, yes. So as far as we've gotten, Alexis is an alien. Right. Beyond that, you do not know yet. Because I was but gonna I like, know, but... I almost said he was a kaiju, but I'm like, no, 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 no. He's he's he hasn't like grown or anything like that. So it's like, no, that's not right. So Akane's getting help from, let's just say, you know, extra help from outside this world. And so, as Laser was saying, it's kind of a Monster of the Week formula where Yuta, Utsume, and Rika kind of form this Gridman alliance, which I do think is kind of a silly name. It's kind of childish, but whatever, you know, it works. And they try to stop all these kaijus that Akane keeps making. And we also find out that she's making them, for at least at the beginning, for, like, petty reasons. Like, she wants to kill people who have wronged her. Like, when the girl in their class knocked down a sandwich that she was offering to Yuta, or when the teacher bumped into her and didn't say sorry, she's specifically building these kaijus to then kill them. You know, kind of kind of the same teenage angst that I had when I was a kid. You know, I was making kaijus when people would piss me off, too. So, you know, it, it's... We, we all have the kaiju-making phase. It's normal. It, it was very relatable <laughs> at that end. And so we watch as Yuta, Utsume, and Rika kind of figure out how to pretty much save the, the their city, at least, when these attacks happen. And we kind of see some kind of crazy stuff that Alien alluded to, too. Like, places will get destroyed, and then the very next episode, or even that same episode when the next day, everything's back to normal. Although there are a few differences, like if someone does die from these kaiju attacks... They stay dead, and people kind of forget that they were at least there that very same day. That's the part that hits me the most uh, in this early part of the show. The deaths are not just deaths. They're, they never existed. That is some creepy shit. It is, mm-hmm. and, I, and I really like that because, like, for me, when I would watch, you know, like, Power Rangers when I was a kid, they never really had that type of stuff for me. And I'm just saying what I remember watching, the most dark that it ever got was what happened with Tommy the Green Ranger, where he's, like transported or like stuck in another dimension and then he comes back as the white ranger and like he's kind of like dealing with some demons in him that was about as dark as it got and while you know that's definitely not necessarily the most the the easiest thing to deal with it it never quite got to the level that obviously with gridman where like that that girl character i I forget her name but you know she dies in the first episode and they go yeah and they go to they go to check on her parents and they're like, she died in middle school. And they're like, no, she was in class. And he's, and her dad just went ballistic. It's like, yo, that that's a that's deep. Like that's pretty heavy to kind of deal with. So, and like right? and like everyone was saying, like it's just a buildup of these like one offs at least to start. And things do build. Like obviously, uh, I don't know what their what Caliber's group is called necessarily, but 
the, the Neon Genesis, Neon Genesis Junior, Junior High, High School. Jeez. I wonder where <laughs> they got they could be named for. I wonder. <laughs> I don't know. Is it is it the Naruto Sasuke reference? I'm I'm not sure. Maybe a joke. No, they're reference. obviously named after Tokyo Mew Mew guys. Get it right. Oh. <sighs> You're right. I would have missed that. I thought it was card captors. Thanks. Huh? Wait a minute now. We're throwing so many like tsunami <laughs> shows at me, right? I'm just like, whoa. Whoa. Um and so this high school I'm I'm just calling them high school. I'm not calling them neon chess. Like, get out of here with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're they are pretty much able to transform into different types of extensions for Gridman to then use to help him fight these different kaijus, which look absolutely sick. I, I have to say, those sequences where they kind of form and all like join up with Gridman look so cool. And I'm just like, man, I wish like the old school Sentai shows could do this, even though I know it's like impossible. But man, does it look so cool. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, So they do that. They fight. They kill. And as we get into, I want to say, episode six and then seven, we start to learn more about kind of as Alien was mentioning the lore of stuff like uh, Utah kind of gets some of his memories back. I believe when he was listening to the headphones from that uh, girl that was uh, sharing her headphones with him and Akane seems to be a little more blatant with uh, her dialogue when she talks with Utsume and Yuta points. So I'm just like, Oh, things are getting good. Things are getting really good. And as, uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, we end obviously episode seven where auntie get loses an eye pretty much. So it's like, things are getting pretty serious when it comes to grid man. And, uh, I want to at least start because I know everyone here has enjoyed it. And while I may not understand as you know, all the little nuances and like references and stuff like that, I, I enjoy it. And there, I mean, obviously not perfect, but I, I enjoy the sense where it's like, it feels so different for me. You know, it doesn't quite feel like something I've ever seen on Toonami. And I really, really like that. They're kind of experimenting and like, think of it this way. No, it's not as great, but it's like a Hamtaro for me. And I'm saying this because everyone here loves Hamtaro, but on this podcast, but it's like, I don't necessarily expect a series like Gridman to ever make it onto the block only because of how uh, niche, I guess is, I wouldn't say it's the word I'd want to use because I feel like someone else might use it, but uh, it's definitely something that I wouldn't expect, but I'm happy that it's there. So I'm really, really happy that Toonami would kind of say, you know what? People have mentioned the show before. It looks rather cool. Studio Trigger always does well with titles in a sense that people will watch them. Why not give it a shot? And I I do think they are being rewarded for that. Uh, What would you guys say? And I'll start with with Alien for this. What would you say, at least so far, when you look at the first seven episodes, uh, what you like about the series, you know, like Toonami taking this type of chance to put this show out there for its fans? Like, it, it feels... It feels so different, but yet so refreshing and so comforting to me. Well, first off, I'm just going to preface this by saying that I am glad that Gridman actually ended up better than Darling in the Franks because, like, a few years back, somebody asked uh, Jason DeMarco if Gridman would be on Toonami, and he said, if it turns out better than Darling in the Franks, then sure, maybe. And mm-hmm. with seeing that we're here now, yeah, it definitely <laughs> turned out better than Darling in the Franks. So I'm, I'm happy about that, for one. And then, I guess otherwise, um, this is probably the closest thing to a mecha series that we're probably going to get on Toonami that isn't Gundam. So Mm. that's another thing I'm happy about. And then also, I'm just happy because 
back, back when it aired, a lot of people didn't really talk about it. I mean, you know, some people had their eyes on it because, you know, Studio Trigger. Some people had their eyes more on, well, Rika's thighs. <laughs> we'll but, get into um... we'll get into some feelings about that. Don't don't worry. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, like what other other than Rika, pretty much the the series kind of went under the radar. Not a lot of people talked about the series itself, and it kind of it kind of made me sad because like it ended up being my second favorite anime of that year behind Selves at Work. And... Oh yeah. And I'm like really glad that it's actually getting a chance on Tanami because for one thing, not only is the show good, the dub is also great and mm-hmm. everyone did a great job. And it's just reminded me how much of an amazing director Clifford Chapin is. Like I guess I swear he doesn't get as much appreciation for his directing as he does for like his and he should voice. too because he's done Doctor Stone as well, which is another English dub that I think has been absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. Definitely. And I guess when I look at it where it's like you mentioned how, you know, besides Gundam, it's very rare to see like another mech potentially on Toonami. Why do you think that is? Like, I always thought that mechs were a popular genre for anime. I know it's not isekai, although I kind of wish that we could kind of grow out of the isekai phase. But why why do you think that um, these types of series aren't getting enough attention, I guess? Like, it's it just it's seems mostly... that way. It's mostly just the shift of the times, really, because a lot of mecha shows are actually pretty difficult to make overall. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the a lot of the uh, focus on mecha shows, a lot of for a lot of them is the giant robots. So like they make giant robots, they make cool giant robots fight, but then like as a result, a lot of recent mecha shows are not that good. One of one of the biggest examples I can think of semi recently. This one aired in about, I think, 2014 or 2015. It was called Captain Earth. It had a really cool concept, but then it landed very, very flat. And it ended up being extremely mediocre. And then this is probably a correlation causation type thing. But I think it also has to do with Sunrise moving on from being the, the Gundam studio to being the love live studio and then all the idol shows started popping up that's true that is true but yeah mechas just don't hit the same like they used to because i think a lot of people realize that you know a lot of a lot of them are kind of i don't want to say carbon copies of like original mobile suit gundam but you know there's a lot of war stuff going on you know it's all same kind of war politics kind of yeah. stuff and old Noah you know, zero comes to mind so I, I know what you're talking about yeah but then there you know there are a couple of them that kind of do things a little bit differently but they still don't get much much hype or much praise because you know chicks don't dig giant robots much anymore no to, to use the mega to make his reference yeah it's like, can I introduce you guys to a show called Planet With? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Ooh, that hits different. Um, and Celia, Celia, I'll move. Uh, I'll move the kind of the same thought over to you. Like, what is it about Gridman of these first seven episodes that really works, despite uh, feeling that it might be kind of niche compared to, like, say, a Gundam? Right? As as we're kind of saying, like, do, it, when you look at Toonami for Adult Swim, when you look at mech shows that have been on recently, it's really just been Gundam. 
unlike you know where you would have maybe more space type of exploration like outlaw star cowboy bebop there hasn't even been a lot of those even for this type of show and i know gridman doesn't necessarily explores things in space although hey you know akane is being helped by an alien uh so i'm kind of <laughs> curious like what what's your take so far on like what what works what doesn't or most we'll stick with what works at least and why you don't think or why you think it might uh not be pulling in the same type of attention as other series types of series right so with gridman in particular i do think it's time slot doesn't do it any favors it comes on at two in the morning <laughs> So what I see, at least from the social media aspect side of things, is the people who already like Gridman are already watching it. So, And most people are kind of done with Toonami by 2 a.m., so that's probably not helping it. But for people who are sticking around, one of the things that's really stand out about the series is that you really have a stellar crew that's working on it. Like the director, his name is Akira Amimiya. He's actually given the title of Hiroyuki Imaishi's protege at Studio Trigger. And Hiroyuki Imaishi is responsible for directing Gurren Lagann and Kill a Kill, Promare, like a lot of the big trigger titles that have been, and Gainax titles that have been super standout over the years. This guy has been studying underneath him. And you can really feel it in the energy in the first seven episodes, I think. Even though he's not like super bombastic and it's explosive as Imaishi, his directing style for the overall series, I think, is very present mm -hmm. so even though it's kind of doing a slow build-up right now because we're but by the time this comes out it'll be up to episode seven out of 12 episodes and we still haven't quite reached that final climax yet but it doesn't feel like it's dragging no i i will definitely say that where i may not necessarily understand quite everything i don't feel bored like i don't feel like oh can we get through this there was at least one episode but that was just more of certain instance but we again we'll get into that later but no, I, I don't feel that at all. And I think that's really, really a, a huge strength for Gridman. Right. And then you have music by Sagi Sushiro. Oh, it's so good. done music for everything. And everything he does is amazing. Oh, the music like, for Gridman. Though, yeah, Gridman's music is great. Oh. And then, like, oh, he did music for Evangelion, for Macross 2, for Bleach. Like, he's done so many different things. And the music in this show is so nice like so much so that when i'm watching it i'm like oh this is a really nice background track like mm -hmm. this fits the atmosphere very well so i think that it definitely has a lot of strong points to it that can make it very appealing if you're not already familiar with tokusatsu stuff or even like otaku pop culture things yeah well and you brought this up so i want to at least ask you this so you think that the current tsunami slot time slot that it has doesn't do it any favors and obviously, the later things are on, the less people are likely to stay up and things like that. But let's say they did essentially move Dragon Ball Super off the block, so everything moved up in half an hour earlier. Would that really mm -hmm. change much, do you think? Like, it's just, it almost feels like you're, we're, uh, uh, you know, trying to cut off the wings of a mosquito when it's like, is that really what's going to thwart it from being able to thrive? It just, it seems kind of silly. Now, if it, if you wanted to say, oh, you know, if we moved it, to like 12 30 you know it's like yeah that makes total sense to me but like just moving it up 30 minutes i don't see much of a change in that no like this would i think in order to reach more people you'd have to go for an earlier time slot like probably about 12 30 one o'clock especially because it is one of those shows like alien said that flew under the radar 
you know, people tuned into it because it was Trigger, but when you watch it, it doesn't match any of Trigger's original properties in terms of aesthetic or in terms of the energy and charisma that it has. Because it's not. It's made by Trigger, but it was commissioned by Tsuburaya Productions. And they're the studio responsible for tokusatsu series like Ultraman, like the original Gridman series in the 90s. So I think a lot of people went into it being like, okay, cool, Trigger show. And then they get into it and they're like, what the hell is this? (laughs) And then eventually drop it because it does have that slow burn buildup. So for something like this that's a bit quieter and not as well known, I think it really needs that earlier time slot to get more eyes on it and for more people to appreciate it on Toonami. And you're not necessarily saying just the 30 minutes. You mean like an, a drastic change, like up yeah. earlier, earlier. So, and then that begs the question, so what are we bumping down, right? Considering the types of shows that are on, are like, are we bumping Attack on Titan down? Are we, I mean, I, would, right? I wouldn't and mind that. that's what makes <laughs> it hard because it's such a strong lineup right now too is that it really seems like it's hard to move any pieces without mess, like really disrupting the flow entirely. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, I'm, I'm fine if we want to move Dragon Ball Super, you know what I mean? Like, because... I've, yeah, that I, can I mean, just go. <laughs> right. No, no, no. And not to, like, throw a ton of hate on Super. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, and some people like it. Like, I have college friends who was like, yo, we love Super. I was like, dude, that's awesome. You know, like, I'm happy about that, right? But mm-hmm. it's like, all of a sudden, you have Attack on Titan. You have Black Clover. You have Sword Art Online before. Assassination Classroom. And I'm like, well, which ones are we? Are Because, we? like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we can push Assassination Classroom down. But wouldn't we have the same argument with Assassination Classroom that we are with Grid? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, I right? feel like it's a tough ass to be like, yo, Gridman should be up. And I, let me preface this. I would be more than happy to have Gridman actually right after Dragon Ball Super. Because I'm not necessarily a fan of Attack on Titan Season 4. Uh, I've already seen Black Clover. So, like, I'm Gucci wherever that goes. You know, it doesn't bug me if it's on later. But it's just, it comes to a point where I'm like, where are we really going to put this when I just don't see 30 minutes really making that much of a difference? Exactly. And that's and that's what makes it tough. And now we've got Food Wars Season 3 that's coming in. So it's like... Oh, we can bump know, that do down sacri- too. That, that's, that season know, is that, terrible. That was not very good. No, so that I, one could be I'll be, I'll be <laughs> honest with you with Food Wars and I'll write about this too. From like Season 2 on, the anime is so bad. It's just not good to me. And again, we could say that for another podcast part, but it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, we can bounce Food Wars and Attack on Titan just because CJ doesn't like it. It's like, then you'd have people be like, but wait, more people, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's a tough ass. And this is brought, like, this has been, uh, I guess, a contested kind of discussion that Sketch and I have even had. And I'm just like, okay, we move it up 30 minutes. I highly doubt that changes much, but, you know, say la vie. It's, you know, I, I, but I will say, I do think Gridman deserves to be obviously on earlier just because I like it more than few other shows that are airing on the block and now laser i've been patiently waiting to hear from you uh what is it about gridman that you think does that it does like super well and why someone like myself who may not be as familiar with this genre seems to have such a such a like fond feeling watching you know what i mean like i'm not watching it for the sake of watching i'm like this is actually freaking enjoyable you know so why why is it that gridman seems to do that well i think a lot of it has to do it's been mentioned a couple times, but it has intense energy and it does not waste it. <laughs> um, even if you're not going to pay attention, if you're not going to be a lore nerd like me and go, Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, I see what you did there. There's always a robot punching a kaiju going crazy. And when that's not going on, people will run around trying to figure out what's going on. And for me, and for a lot of people, I think it's the mystery. You don't know what's going on. You're not supposed to, but you're getting little pieces. Like, we just found out, 
you know, now, now we know who, I mean, we kind of know who was creating the kaiju, but we now it's like stably going, yeah, no, she's doing this, and she's admitting it to, to the good guys now, and that's a whole nother level, and okay, well, why is this going on? Who's this Alexis guy, and what's his deal? Mm-hmm. And, oh, there's a kaiju that's not evil. Oh, hey, there's a kaiju that's a human, and he's still around and doing stuff. By the way, my favorite character right there, Auntie. Watch Auntie. Auntie's going to be a fun ride. <laughs> uh, but I really like the the storytelling, to be honest with you, and I love the characters more than anything. Yeah. Even the characters that don't get a lot of a push, because not all of them do, they're interesting, they're quirky, and it's, they do things that are interesting. I, to piggyback off of that too, I think how Gridman did Akane is just amazing because we get it. She's obviously the antagonist of the series, but it's like I just always leave uh, an episode wondering why. <laughs> why is she the antagonist? Why is she the way that she is, right? Why is she collecting all of these different types of stuff or like all the trash bags and whatnot? Like I find the way that they were building up her arc really, really clever. And maybe I'm off base thinking that way, but it's more so in a sense where I really, really enjoy this this lead up to what she really is as an antagonist. Because, you know, she's obviously fronting with Yuta and them like, oh, hey, you know, I'm just, you know, nice, nice person, whatever. And then all of a sudden, as we're as where we are now, it's like, by the way, I'm killing people. You know what I mean? So it's like it's such a like Jekyll and Hyde type of thing that I've really found enjoyable with watching her uh, grow throughout the series. Keep watching that space. That's all I can really say without laughing more with Alien. Are you laughing because I shouldn't be enjoying it? No. No, oh, okay. No, okay. they're no. laughing and knowing what happens after episode seven. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> I have the Blu-ray, yeah. so I can easily just pop that right in and find out. So, uh, personally, I don't, I don't mind spoilers, but I know our listeners would. So, I'll at least end it on that note so we don't don't spoil anything for those who are enjoying right? the tsunami viewing i don't mind i actually i don't I, spoil me by all means i love being spoiled i actually love it i i legit love it i do not mind whatsoever see, the uh, trick is the kane is sailor moon ah <laughs> i see well mm, no i don't see whatever anyway <laughs> anyway anyway i will and obviously there is at least something that did bug me when I was watching it and that's episode five. And now look, Uh I totally get anime does beach shows. It's a trope. We got to get the waifus in skimpy outfits because as we know, sex sells. And I'm saying this lovingly us weebs. We're pretty degenerates. We're we're pretty much degenerates. It's fine. It's fine. I I am. It's, it's okay. Like I admit it, those kind of things. But man, did I feel so uncomfortable with the age that I'm at, that I am right now, and with the shots on Akane and Rika. I'm just saying it. I felt really like, do I need this? And the level of detail was like, I just, I died a little on the inside. I'm not gonna lie. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I get it. And yet, like, with how blatant it was and, like, where I'm like, does this really need to be here with how really enjoyable Gridman has already been? Do I really need this? Really? And I know off off before the recording, I had to inform Celia about why Rika was designed the way that she was. She giggled. 
as she generally does, which is fine. <laughs> um, but it's just like, I don't know. I felt, I felt, I'm going to be honest. I felt uncomfortable. It's like, it's like how I would feel if I'm watching, um, what's that was, um, interviews with monster girls. And then someone's like, oh my God, I find like one of the main characters super hot. I'm just like, mm, please don't, please don't. It's so cool if you like the, the succubus teacher, but like, oh, I just, it felt really weird. I'm not going to lie. It felt weird, especially like the level of detail. And then like, I, I'm looking at my phone for something. Then all of a sudden I look back up. I'm like, oh wow, that's really in depth on, um, someone's butt. Oh, we're going to get a pinup shot. Okay. Yeah, here we are. I just, it felt so out of place for me. It really did. So I'm just, I'm just going to say like that felt, made me feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. That's that studio trigger horny on main type shit. Right yeah. There. Yeah, it is. It is. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously Kill a Kill had that too, but they kind of covertly like put a meaning to it where clothes were kind of a big selling point of the series in general, especially with the type of themes that they were trying to have viewers uh, kind of draw at their own conclusion, at least at points. But, like, here is just, like, wow. Do you guys, like, work for Azure Lane or something? Like, good lord. <laughs> oh. Alien gets yeah. that reference good. But it's just, like, it felt it felt a little... It, not only did it felt unnecessary, it felt forced. And I didn't think I needed that, you know? Like, and I like fan service. Like, for God's sakes, I play, like, three or four gotcha games. What is the point of playing those gotcha games? To collect waifus. And husbandos, of course. I love me some silver. It's the good old waifu simulator. I, I love me some silver ash and zongli. Let me tell you, but it's just it felt really out of place. And am I weird thinking that for this show that felt super out of place, or or am I just like, uh -huh. oh, CJ, you're pouring on everyone's fun? You know what I mean? Uh, not really. I mean, like I um... was kind of nose blind to it at first because I watched so much freaking anime that I don't even notice it half the time. <laughs> but it's pretty extreme. Yeah, I was like, um, I'm talking to like one of my best friends who's watching this for the first time, and like when I um, when I told him the week before the episode aired, I was like, next week is the beach episode. He's like, oh, okay, I guess they're just getting all the trophy shit out of the way before we get to the good stuff. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and I yeah, I will that's say kind this. Kind of what it felt like, honestly. The style, I will say this: the style for like Rika, I thought it actually looked rather nice, especially when you have like the kind of combo that she did. But I'm just like. I really, I didn't need the close-ups. Re I'm sorry, I just didn't. I re uh, it drove me nuts. It really drove me nuts. Ugh, I'm gonna go to hell, aren't I? Uh. <laughs> I think we're well, all I mean, going with you. Uh, like I've, well, I've I mean, seen some of the posts the... on that night. No, that night. Nah, some of those people definitely got a higher spot in hell than you. <laughs> <laughs> Celia probably saw all of it too. Oh god. I did. Yeah, that whole timeline was horny on me. I did. Well, and honestly, trying to collect materials for this show is really interesting sometimes. Because, like, I the way I do the weekly schedule graphics is I like to feature art from each of the shows, right? But trying to find art from Gridman, official art, that's not softcore, is really difficult. And I'm not sure what it is about this show in particular, because I never suspected tokusatsu pro uh, properties to have this much sex appeal injected into their marketing. <laughs> like, like, I think every now and then you'll get a really attractive actor that's playing the lead in one of those shows, but it's, it's very odd. 
Well, I mean, I haven't seen something like this for yeah. a property like Gridman in a long time. Um, but like, I also shouldn't be surprised though, because like, if you look at Amamiya's like just the stuff he's worked on, like he worked on Darling of the Franks and Madaka Box, and shows that kind of like they kind of uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's stuck, they and I can't think of what word. They kind of dabble in that already. Like Darling of the Franks, obviously, where they have right. angles where like you know the pilot's ass was right in view of the camera so part of me is not surprised but at the same time i'm like why like it's <laughs> it just seems so odd and it doesn't fit with the show itself i'm not sure why that that juxtaposition is even there well i at least hope you had a little fun on twitter seeing all of it i'm sure there was some eye rolls but i'm sure i was at least hoping it wasn't totally upset but i i will say like i remember seeing the debut of gridman at anime expo and what do you think was the first thing everyone was talking about? Big thighs. Yep. Absolutely. They they gave everyone, I believe, like a character sheet of who was in it. And everyone was like, holy shit, what the hell? Like They were kind of taken aback. And then, obviously, the director asked for Rika to look like that. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, I'll say this. You don't normally say that, but at least he had the guts to say it. So, you know. I mean, fair enough, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, no, and it's, I will say that that picture of Rika in the casual wear that you found, Celia, holy fuck that style. Oh man, that is some drip. God damn. Isn't it wonderful? That is, I love it that is stylistic. do that. Oh man. It's just, it's wonderful. That, that looked really good, so. Um, but yeah, now that I, I, I finally got that rain out of the way, I'm sorry. I had to get that out there. I just, it really, it's like, I'm watching Gridman. I'm not watching fairy tale. I expect that in fairy tale. I don't want necessarily expect that in this, especially with like, what's the word? It's like, it, it doesn't, it just, Gridman has so much more to offer than simply that. And I guess kudos for them to be able to bring sex appeal into it to at least try to make it a little more memorable. Cause what, what do you think people would feel about the show? Of, uh, the female characters weren't that memorable. Like, Alien was mentioning how, like, only people were only talking about Rika and Akane, and then, like, what if they weren't around looking the way that they did? They probably, the show probably wouldn't even be known by anyone but the three of you here. <laughs> um, it's just like, ugh, so, I just, I'm, I'm a sad boy. I'm a little sad, but, um. Honestly, I, I will say, though, that it, it was pretty good marketing because, boy, when I tell you that Pixiv was popping off during the airing of Gridman with Rika. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, boy, that Rika had over, like, a thousand pieces of fan art on, on like, Dombor and shit, like, about three, four weeks into the show. And oh. it was like, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it definitely spread awareness of for one thing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you can say that about it. Like I, like I say, anime fans, we are degenerates. But you know what? It's true. I, I love y'all. I still do. Because if I didn't, I mean, what would I be? <laughs> Even worse. Uh, but yeah, um, I really... So I, I'm glad I could at least get rant and get that out of the way. But other than that, I've really, really liked the action in it. I, I've, I mean, Trigger has always done a really great job with action. Uh, I know they blew me away in the first fight between uh, Ryuko and Satsuki in Kill a Kill. Like, oh my god, that fight was so good. I'll probably watch that after this episode because I'm thinking about it. I've I loved it so much. Uh but like as a I think it was Alien who said how there was like 
they kind of integrated the same moments that you would see in like the live action Sentai stuff. And yet it still looks so fluid and amazing. Like what a strength to have a studio like Trigger do this type of animation. And it just, it clicks. It, it just looks so beautiful. And I think it's to me, as much as I do love the music, I do find the animation action and the choreography of that to be the biggest strength of the series. I, I don't know if you guys might agree with it, but I freaking love that part so much. Just seeing all the fights and how just fluid and beautiful it looks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely one of the most unique things about it that really helps it stand out by itself compared to anything else. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It actually kind of makes me wish the fight sequences were a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that too. It makes me more hyped for the sequel, though. So there, there's that. That is That's... true. When did they say that was happening? April. This month, even. Or this month. This year, two I months. mean. Yeah, this year. In about April. two months. Spring oh. spring season 2021 going down. Oh, Dynasty on. I'm, I'm excited. That's exciting. That's super exciting. Because like I said, I... I really like how this this season or this series has gone, so I can't imagine how the second one's going to look. I am half hoping, because we have Gridman, that we'll get Dino Zeon on Toonami. That's, that, that's my half hope. I mean, I know there's kind of a meme with, like, Mob Psycho, at least, but Toonami always always tries to, like, grab future seasons of stuff. And I know that Dizon is, is like, a continuation, not necessarily quite like, oh, hey, you know, like, it's going to be the next part with Yuta and all of them, but... No, it's, it's, it's going to be more of a spinoff. In that right, sense. so it's like, but mm-hmm. I do think that they might, although, you know, they didn't go for Gun Gale online, so I don't know, actually. that That's an interesting argument to look at. But I don't know, I just, I, I, I think that Toonami generally wants to go for things like that. But, I mean, the who am I to say? The reason my half-hope is why else pick up Gridman that's three years old? Because it was better I mean, than awesome. Darling in the Fox. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome, so I'm, I'm fine with it, obviously. But I'm, I'm half hoping that it's an opening bid for a Dynazeon. Well, and like the vibe I get, though, with Gridman and why it was picked is that the staff, at least DeMarco or maybe some of the other staff, watched Super Cyber Samurai Squad. I forget all what all the S's stand for. Superhuman <laughs> Cyber Samurai Squad. Bid. I know this because I watched it. I'm <laughs> but if they watched that in the 90s and were like oh hell yeah this was a great show i really love that and this show is based on that and references it and pays homage to it let's get it on tv like this looks cool and it's by a studio that we like and all these things like i could see it being like a personal pick that they lobbied for i could see that huh? versus something that they were like the audience is gonna love this it's more like this is something cool and i want it to get on here how do you I guess a good question for me is like, how do you feel that this how Gridman does when it uh, pays homage to like all the different types of Sentai stuff? Like, do you think it does a good job? And all oh, of this stuff forever. Freaking lootly. Why? I love absolutely. the little nods. Freaking like the, the give, give, me, give me, give me, give me the, series, give me the, the goods. Red King. So, so I why, mean, like, why does it? I mean, the fact that the name itself, like the four S's, also alludes to Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. There's an actual. There's an actual acronym that they explain in the show, but the fact that it also alludes to the um, American version of Gridman, that that in in and of itself is great. Also, the fact that one of um, one of Boar's attacks is named after one of the characters in Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, like that stuff is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and of course, I posted this on Twitter when uh, episode six aired about uh, the little girl kaiju being a direct descendant of one of the kaiju from 
from the original Gridman series. And the fact that they kind of brought that reference back and then had had the um had Anosilis's descendant kind of pay pay it forward to to Yuta, who was like the new Gridman. Like just stuff like that just makes it makes the series a lot more interesting. And like just all those little nods and references. Like yeah, I also said this Tokuner just helps a lot too. Yeah. Like, I also say this, but, like, Gridman works fine as a standalone anime, but then they throw in all of this love, all of these references, all of these nods that old school fans will absolutely, like, pick up on and enjoy. And I love I love it when anything does stuff like that, because it just shows that, you know, they put a lot of love into making it. Well, and most of the kaiju are some reference to another kaiju that's appeared in another franchise at some point, within Ultraman or within Gridman also. Like, there's a lot of original kaiju that are created for this series, but, like, when I went and did my research on some of them, because some people on Twitter were responding to our live tweets saying, oh, this is based off of so-and-so from this series, most of them are references to that. You know, and then there's some really deep Easter egg references to, like, Transformers Shatterglass and, and stuff like that in there also. There's references to Japanese toy manufacturers. Like, this show has a lot of Easter eggs. And if you know it, you're going to recognize it as soon as you see it. I'm just, it, I'm always a fan of Easter eggs. Like I'm a Kingdom Hearts player. So I really enjoy that type of type, that type of thing that, uh, you know, series can put in when you're enjoying it. So at least from what you guys are saying, it sounds like Gridman really not only does a great job of kind of representing the genre, but also does a really good job of uh, paying homage to like, series that have been around before like I, I really like it's almost as if it's like hey we get it you're trying to be the next spotlight for this type of thing but you're not forgetting the other places that or the other series that kind of help pave the way to even make this a thing like i, I find that kind of sweet it's almost, would you would you guys say that gridman might be like a love letter to the old type of sentai shows that have been around mm-hmm. oh 100 mm-hmm. absolutely oh. i agree and you can definitely tell this is a passion project, too, because some of those things are things they didn't have to include. Like the references to Ultraman and Gridman, I could understand because it is being commissioned by Tsuburaya Productions. So they're probably saying, hey, we would like you, you know, if they're giving them notes, like, hey, we'd like references to these things. They're callbacks to these things. But Transformer Shattered Glass was something they stuck in there without telling the original production committee and made references to within the Make show because they liked it. so wild because that is so niche within the Transformers fandom. Right? And then, like, yeah, and then they don't have to mention toy companies, although they might be on the production committee. I don't know what kind of toys came out for Gridman. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, there's a couple of them, like, in the Arcadia uh, YouTube group from, like, episode four. There's a couple of them that are named after defunct kit makers from like the late 80s, early 90s that aren't even around anymore. They're not on a production committee somewhere. They don't have to include them, but they did anyways. So that kind of stuff is really neat. That's freaking wild to me, honestly. Like, I can only imagine for like hardcore fans or just like maybe people who've worked on the like previous stuff might have like almost like get teary. I'd be like, hey, you know what I mean? Like. I always love that feeling. I, I, I do. It's it's all the warm fuzzies. But yeah, that, that's freaking amazing. So I guess I kind of want to wrap it up, this episode, with this. What, without spoiling, and I'll start with, you know, Alien, Celia, then Laser. What should fans expect for the later half of this series? You know, what what give us a little kind of tease for what uh, fans should be on the lookout for. 
Hmm. Without <laughs> spoiling anything. It's tough, Damn, I know. It's hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, for me, like, let's say I knew something, right? I would be like, yo, you know, I can't wait for you guys to see the type of, the way the story develops, how, th- how you, this character grows, how that character grows, maybe some cool badass action fight sequence kind of thing. Like, something along those lines that you might want fans to keep an eye on for the later half. Okay. I guess I got two things. It It kind of starts to dip a little into the more psychological frame close to yeah. the end. And that's once that's another very unique thing about Gridman, especially when it comes to like a Toku type thing. Yeah, it gets it, it gets pretty depressing. Oh. not like Madoka depressing or anything, but like, <laughs> but like are the, we going the Evangelion route? Uh, not not, not as fucked up. That is that you need there. We need therapy for that series. I'm sorry. Oh, that'd be a fun yeah, podcast but... episode, giving Shinji therapy. <laughs> oh, dear. Get in the fucking psychiatrist's chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Someone please do that. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, it, yeah, it just keeps, the Lord just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And I'll say, uh. One of my favorite episodes of the series is episode eight. And once you see it, you'll probably understand why. <laughs> it's one of the best directed episodes of like almost any anime I've ever seen. Ooh. And also, since we were talking about Easter eggs, Laser Kid can vouch for this. But the Easter egg at the end of the series, like in the last episode, like that shit made me cry tears of joy. I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, well, not to move away from Celia, but I'll let Laser just because he at least knew something of that. Laser, what, what, give us a little tease for the for the back half. Watch the villains. Watch Anti especially. Watch uh, uh, Akane, and even watch Alexis Carib. That's where you can see a lot of the of the plot evolve. Not everything is as it seems. I, I will say this. I like Alexis's voice. I forget who the voice actor for him is, but I, I, I mean, I've heard him in so much. He's Zaraba, I know, in Garo, and like, I fucking love his voice. It's so good. Uh, um, so, Celia, what about you? Uh, oh, what's up? I forgot his name. Barry I, Endel, yeah, that's... Oh, it is? Name. Okay. I, I thought it was, but I didn't want to say the incorrect name kind of thing, so thank you on that. I love his voice. He does... He does that type of, like, mentor, but yet also, like, creepy kind of thing so well. Really, really good. Wonderful casting. As Alien alluded to, uh, Clifford Chapin does a damn good job at casting and directing. Uh, but Celia, Celia, what, what would you say fans should be on the lookout for for, uh, future, for, the, for the back half of this for future episodes? Uh, well, I'm in the same boat as them. It'll be easy for me because this is my first time watching Gridman also. Oh, so I don't know what to expect for the back half, then, but then, I do know that after watching episode seven, that after they were calling Akane a god, and then Alexis says that she's just a human, I know something's up. <laughs> so then let me ask you, what are you Something looking forward to? I just want to find out what's going on. Because <laughs> at first they were calling her a god, and now they're saying, now Alexis is like, she's just a human, and obviously he's the one pulling the strings. So I want to see how it is all coming together. Like it's definitely got that buildup. You can feel it. It's the that beginning of the roller coaster where it's going up, up, up to the top, and we got to get to the top at some point. 
for the crazy drop down at the end. Yeah. And for me, at least, I just, I want to see more of the robot battles against Kaijus. It's so cool. Cause I'm so not used to it. Cause like when I was a kid, I always thought they were a little lame because I'm like, oh, the monsters can't really move. You know what I mean? Like it always seems so obvious that the robot's going to win because it can like move faster, stuff like that. But I think Gridman does a really good job of making it seem more equal footing. So I really, really enjoy that type of aspect. Um, so for those who are listening, I hope you guys have been enjoying Gridman too. It, like I remember both Alien and Laser like freaking out that it got on Toonami, which was like, oh, that's so good. I love I love seeing that type of reaction. I love when fans get like super excited when a new series gets on. I know like uh, certain people were like pumped about Food Wars, you know, returning. I know people are excited with you know when Sword Art gets on, you know, like those kind. Of, I I love seeing the elation of like. A to- like Toonami picked a show that you really liked so I'm really really happy that you know obviously Alien Laser were big fans of it and I hope you guys have been enjoying it too and I it's nice to see Toonami kind of go back into the well instead of like always picking up the hottest new animes you know because there's there's good and bad with that you know and I'm not even saying because of COVID you know where uh production might be slowing down for things like that it just the fast-paced nature of it it doesn't allow fans to really digest and see everything that's out there with how many series get popped up every season so it's really nice that they're kind of mixing in a little bit of stuff from the past to be able to bring in to the current day tsunami which is really awesome but uh but yeah make sure to tweet at our podcast page or at tsunami news tell us how you guys feel about tsunami faithful or even just myself you know i, I I mean, I might be around. I'm, I'm busy doing editing things or screaming at Pokemon matches that I shouldn't be winning that I somehow pull out of my butt. Uh, <laughs> but in any case, in any case, we'll we'll get some house cleaning and then we'll get on right out of here. So you can email us at podcast at com. Follow us on facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, literally any website that hosts podcasts, you will find the Toonami Faithful Podcast. And you can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com slash Toonami Faithful Podcast and get the latest news by following Toonami News on Twitter. And we'll be able to post editorials, maybe video projects, awesome graphics that a certain someone here makes. And make sure to subscribe to the Toonami Faithful Pass on patreon.com slash Toonami Faithful or slash Toonami Faithful. It's where we'll be posting um, the behind the scenes interview from the Toonami documentary that debuted last year, What Toonami Means to Me. You better have watched it. A certain guest on here produced every single song on that documentary. It was awesome. I will say as well, Alien. My father, who's a music- musician, was super jealous. He's like, why didn't you ask me? I was like, I'm sorry, Dad. I, I needed these beats. It's fine. But it was it was really cool. He loved the music, too, which I was like, oh, it was really nice. You know, like, I really like that. Um, so definitely check that out. Uh, in fact, a lot of people help on this podcast help me on that project, which is really awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's where we'll be posting our behind-the-scenes interview. This month, it will be Bill Butts that will be posted uh, actually this upcoming sunday which is actually going to be before this podcast is posted so make sure to check out that it was such a fun conversation and i will say seeing his kind of setup at home with the gurn lagan flag in the background was freaking dope was freaking dope but uh on that note we'll get on everyone out of here so alien where could the listeners find you 
All right, y'all can find me on Twitter.com at Alien Renegade. You can find my Tanami video edits on YouTube under Alien Renegade videos. I'm finally starting to get back into those, and it feels good. And you can find my music on SoundCloud, YouTube, Bandcamp, and every other major streaming service. Just search up Amperin. And I guess on that note, I am, for those who know my stuff, I make Tanami-inspired musical mixtapes and i have one a new one coming out in april mm-hmm. which one of the songs is named after akane shinjo from the <laughs> show so and there's gonna be a whole vocal rap version of that coming out around when the show ends so look forward to it i'm very excited i will say this alien makes some really good music you will not want to miss this album trust me on that uh, Laser, where could our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Laserkit Prime. Uh, you can find me on the Dumb Weebs podcast. Uh, uh, and I'm a pretty regular guest on the Demon Slayer podcast, I'd say. Of course. Make sure you follow and listen to the Demon Slayer podcast, our sister podcast. They do such amazing work. In fact, I believe Alien's even been on it as well and edited some of their episodes as well. So definitely, definitely, definitely check out that podcast celia where could our listeners find you you can find me on twitter at planets twinkle and on facebook on my cosplay page at celia rose cosplay i'm also on all the tsunami faithful social media pages for instagram twitter and facebook so every time you comment or tag us i see it you can also find celia bullying me for my gotcha addiction so if, if you see that <laughs> you already know she's very mean to me uh and you can find me on twitter at cj Maffris. uh you can find me potentially on twitch again on that's with that same name i finally got my pc back up and running so i'm gonna be obviously trying to get that i'm having some internet issues when it comes to that but Maybe in the future, we'll see with that. And make sure you check out the Toonami Faithful, or not Toonami Faithful, but the Toonami documentary, What Toonami Means to Me, a project that debuted last December that can be found on our YouTube and Facebook page. Please, please, please check it out. The amount of comments that I've seen where people are saying, this was so amazing, this was so awe-inspiring, thank you so much for making this, it truly melted my heart. And I was really happy to be able to produce something like that. So please, please, please check it out. I'm going to be obviously promoting it probably till next year. Uh, there's, you can't stop me unless all of a sudden I'm not on a podcast episode. You can't stop me. I have too much power now. Uh, but on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you guys are enjoying Gridman enough to maybe want to check out some other Sentai type of shows, whether it be anime or live action. I know I'm going to probably with how much I've been enjoying this and hopefully you guys do as well. But as always, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the future iterations that Toonami brings for us. 